what, what I've started doing is I stopped separating my who I am in life and who I am in business. <laughs> I realize more and more that like, I'm just this one single person and my weaknesses uh, or things that don't go well for me as, as a person in my day-to-day -day life, the same, same things show up in my business. This is the What Works Podcast, and I'm your host, Tara McMullen. If you want to build a business that can stand the test of time, you need to figure out what works for you and your small company. That's why every week I talk with real small business owners about what's really working for them. I want to help you fill in all the details of how others do what they do so you can fill in the details that work for you. This week, my guest is Natasha Varumpiova, the founder of Systems Rock. Systems Rock helps growth-oriented businesses build systems to enhance their business intelligence. Natasha and her team create custom databases to help their clients organize lots of information from different platforms so they can finally take full advantage of the data and information they have. I wanted to find out how the evolution and growth of Natasha's business over the last year or so has been a product of the work she's done on her own mindset. We chat about how her mindset and doing more with less approach has impacted her business results, how her goal setting process has changed and created greater personal awareness for her, and why handwriting daily affirmations has become an integral part of her routine. Now, let's find out what works for Natasha Varumpiova. Natasha Varumpiova, welcome to What Works. Thank you so much for joining me today. Such a pleasure. Thank you for having me, Tara. Absolutely. Well, it is always a pleasure to talk to you and to find out more about what you're thinking about with your business. And I know that one of the themes that we're going to explore today is doing more with less. And that seems to be not only how you kind of approach tools and technology, but how your business has actually evolved over the years too. I know there's been times when you've been doing more and it seems like now you're in a time where you're doing <laughs> less, but getting a lot better results with it. So Let's just start off by kind of giving people an idea of more of the recent evolution of your business. What kind of services are you offering today? And how is that a change from what you were doing even, say, a year ago? Yes, absolutely. And you are so right. It, it has changed quite a bit over the past couple of years now. Um, at the moment, I am offering practically one single service, which is called capacity lifeguard and this is a service where i work with uh, business owners who feel that they are hitting that capacity feeling a uh, ceiling and cannot break through that that ceiling by themselves and for them even um hiring new people doesn't seem like a solution because they know that the systems that they are using are broken. So the more people they add, the worse things would actually get. So what we look at is how we restructure things so that they could break through that capacity ceiling without hiring any new people, but at the same time, uh, totally smashing all their expectations, financial and otherwise, because all of a sudden things flow much, much uh, smoother and things are done so much faster. Um, so this is something that we are concentrating on right now. And just a few months ago, I had a digital uh, products arm that I sold. Um, I had a very, very successful program systematic success that I have retired 
for now also. So now I'm left just with, with the service and it's so great to be focusing on just one thing. <laughs> I I would love to talk about that a little bit more and in a little bit finer detail because I think that I think a lot of people can relate to that feeling of relief and focus that comes on the opposite side of deciding to pare down but there's a lot of stress and anxiety and worry and uncertainty that actually occurs around the process of deciding to shut something down or often does anyway can you talk about how you made the decision to end to to or to shut down at least for the time being that kind of that profitable digital product arm of your business Yes, absolutely. And then you're right. I've been holding on to it until the very last <laughs> minute. Uh, last, It was last November when I uh, already really, really wanted to make this switch and completely concentrate on my one-on-one service. And then I just couldn't let go of systematic success. And I, I told myself that, okay, I'll offer it once more and I'll do another run as of January of this year, and this will be a final program, and this is how I'll, I'll market it, and everything will, will be great. Like somehow I'll be able to balance it all. Uh, and when I started doing the pre-launch, I felt that my heart was not already in it completely. I knew that if I still um, allow myself to devote some of my time towards this this program, I will not be able to completely uh, jump into this new offering and make progress with it because I am by nature the type of person who concentrates on, on one thing. So I know that whenever, if, if I would have that, that group of um, business owners I was working on, like they would become my priority and I will be so happy to, to work with them and just give my all so that other thing would totally be uh, pushed to, to the back burner. Uh, so I, I actually pulled the plug before the end of new year and decided not to offer it and went completely into this other direction that I've been dabbling in, in all this time. And I'm, I'm so happy I did. Wow. So that means you probably had to do some rearranging, some reorganizing, reprioritizing cash flow wise, uh, revenue projection wise. How did that play out? How did you take that money that you thought was going to be coming in from systematic success? And, and what did you do to make sure that the rest of the business could could support that new need in terms of the, you know, the, the difference, the deficit in revenue? Uh, well, the the funny thing is that in my efforts to launch uh, Systematic Success last year, uh, what I did uh, was the the avenue um, I went into when when launching it was just simple emails to uh, to people who I knew might be interested, who I've already had relationship with, and in my conversation with them. Uh, I was I was telling them about the program, but at the same time about um, what I've been doing in addition to that. So out of that launch, I actually got two one-on-one clients who replaced the 
income that um, I would get out of that group program. So it worked out pretty nicely. That is so, so one, congratulations. That's incredible. And two, that's, I think that's such a really great takeaway for people listening because we think that, I think we tend to think of our revenue streams as way more siloed than they actually are. And that when we talk about one thing, we forget that it often helps us sell other things. And so for you to be able to just turn sales conversations into very naturally a a sale for something else makes tons of sense. And often I think it's something that people forget about too. So thank you for sharing that because I think that's going to be really big for some people who maybe want to pare their own businesses down. Um, So speak. Oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I I just wanted to um, add to that. You're absolutely correct. And that was actually one of the reasons why I decided to sell my digital uh, products, uh, uh, like earlier last year. And that was because like they were not fitting into this system of offerings that I had. I almost had to separate two separate businesses because I knew that uh, people who were buying my digital uh, products were uh, very early in their journey. So for them to grow their businesses to the point where I would be able to help them um, either... Um, in a group program or one-on-one, that would take a very, very long time. So I, I was not able to capitalize on my efforts when marketing my uh, digital products uh, and kind of feed my uh, the, the revenue for the one-on-one service and group program service. So um, yes, I think it's super, super important to look at what we offer um, in this fluid system where we can uh, look at how our efforts in one area can actually uh, contribute to, to the revenue in another. Yeah, totally. I think that's a great sort of barometer for whether a product or a service belongs in your business or not is does this actually, does this help me sell other things? Does this help me create more customers for other parts of my business? Does this help me tell the same story instead of six different stories? Right. right. Uh, Yeah. Well, that leads me perfectly into the next question, which is back to this idea that you really firmly believe that, that less is more and that you can do more with less and that that's, um, sort of a guiding uh, principle of your business and how you kind of approach everything. It's how you approach <laughs> systems. Um, I know it's how you approach life. I know it's how you approach uh, your your business as a whole. Um, and you mentioned to me uh, before we got started with the, the interview that mindset has been a really important piece of making that all work. So I'm curious how your the work that you've done on your entrepreneurial mindset, your mindset in general has helped you execute on this less is more philosophy in your own business. Yes, that's that's such a great question. And the way um what I've been noticing lately and lately lost few months couple of years is that but what I've started doing is I stopped separating my who I am in life and who I am in business I realized more and more that like I'm just this one single person and my weaknesses uh, or things that don't go well well for me as as a person in my day-to-day life the same same things show up in my business uh 
so what I started looking for is patterns, like where things don't work overall in business or in my personal life. And I started noticing um, what, what doesn't work and try to concentrate on just like working on that element, whether, again, whether it's business or, or not business. And what I noticed is that a lot of times there are just like these this like few things here and there that don't work. And whenever we set aside time to, to, to resolve them, there is this ripple effect that happens. And a lot of things get, get fixed in so many different places at once. So to me, uh, it's, it's just about looking for, uh, for things where I bump uh, against these limitations that oftentimes I impose on myself and breaking through them. Um, and then just concentrating on one thing at a time allows me to make much progress now because I just like, don't get too hard on myself. I'm like, I'm not great at this and I'm good at, not good at that and I need to learn this and I need to le learn that. I just take it one thing at a time, but then I notice that the impact of that change oftentimes is, is very big. Mm. The idea that setting aside time to resolve something that maybe has been nagging at you for a while, but hasn't been sort of an existential problem reminds me of something uh, that Dr. Samantha Brody talks about in terms of, of stress and overwhelm, which is that we can have all these little things, like even if just a drawer that you open on a daily basis squeaks or is hard to open, that sure, that's not like a stressful thing in and of itself. No one's you know, dying because the drawer squeaks, but it, it absolutely adds to the overall amount of stress or the overall amount of dysfunction that you feel, uh, as an individual on any given day. And I love this idea that you can, or that you have taken real time to say, okay, what are the things that I can fix? And then really taken notice of how those even, whether they're big things or little things have ripple effects out into the rest of your business or out into the rest of your life. I think that's a really astute way to look at what your opportunities are. Yeah, absolutely. And and to give you a personal example, one of the things that I, I noticed is that I, I did not feel comfortable speaking up when... I would speak with my mother-in-law and she's she's very strong person she's former teacher and she's very controlling and i noticed that whenever she would come over i would just shy away from expressing my opinion on things or saying what i would normally say and when i started looking at that i realized that the way that shows up in, in my business is that Sometimes I'm shying away from just like having really straightforward conversations with with other people, um, and sometimes with, with with my clients, I don't want to upset them or I don't want to tell them something that they would not like hearing, and I I realized that 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 was holding me back. That was something that was was a really big deal overall. So. Um, when I shifted things and I started openly saying very politely still things to, to my mother-in-law, uh, I 
at the same time, I started catching myself when I would not say something, uh, when I would resist saying something to my clients and actually pushing myself to do it. Again, still in a very uh, kind way, but at the same time, something that they really, really needed to hear. And um, right now, for example, um, we're working with, with an amazing client, uh, Jenny Nash. And Jenny is very is such an amazing person. She uh, she shares with us how she looks at things and not just in terms of systems, but what are the underlying reasons for her not doing something in a systematic way. And when I um, started to allow myself to ask questions that were a bit more confronting and not just systems focused, uh, now we are able to discover so much more. Uh, so just like one little thing, my shying away from expressing my opinion uh, when I was with my mother-in-law led to like all these things and improvements in my business as well. Oh, I love that. It's such a great story. <laughs> great businesses and companies aren't the product of one person's hard work, but the result of coming together with colleagues, critics, customers, and collaborators to build something great. We all get help from unlikely sources, and we all owe a special thanks to the people who support us as we build our empires. Whether it's peer support, collaboration, or accountability, our colleagues and friends keep us connected to our missions. Their support enhances our own agency and creativity as founders, doers, and makers. Our critics and collaborators help us to push our perceived limits and create work on a whole new level. Our mentors share their hard-won lessons and give us a leg up on what it'll take to turn vision into reality. That's why all this month, Co-Commercial and I are celebrating what happens when small business owners work together. You can follow along and contribute your own stories, experiences, and personal shout outs by following me at Tara underscore McMullen on Instagram and checking out the Let's Work Together hashtag. We'll be amplifying and reposting our favorite contributions all month long. So for your chance to be featured, make sure you're following me at Tara underscore McMullen. Small business owners, let's work together. Well, let's talk about another example of how mindset has changed on a very kind of operational, tactical way, um, how you do something in your business, and that's goal setting. You told mm -hmm. me that you are focusing more on who you want to be versus what you want to have. Can you explain the difference between those two things and how that impacts your goal setting process? Um, sure. So yes, this is something that I, I started doing earlier in the year and it, it, it helped me a lot. Um, and, um, so going back to, to the difference, um, I think that ultimately for all of us, uh, what we are striving for is not something physical or, or something that, that has this uh, price tag or, or something, or even financial goal, the, the goal itself or, or the money itself is, is not what we are after. We are after what that represents or what that will allow us or, um, what it will give us in terms of like our freedom or, or lifestyle or, or something else. So uh, by the same token, I, I see that what oftentimes holds me back from achieving something is that I don't see myself as a person 
who who can do that or who maybe deserves it or who who is ready for that who is an expert enough to 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 do it or or to to demand uh high prices or something like that so I started paying a very, very close attention to who I need to be in order to to achieve something because that's uh, how I can then make sure that the action I take leads to the goals that I want to achieve. Uh, so now when I set my goals, there is basically one extra step. So I do, I still very much set my goals in terms of uh, this is I want my revenue to to look like and um, this is what um, these are the types of clients I want to work with so it is pretty tangible and I do then break break it down into um, smaller uh, smaller goals and um, I have metrics for, for that so all of that stay the same except for I also look at who um, I will need to be to have that kind of revenue, to bring in my business that kind of revenue, who I would need to be to to enjoy that lifestyle, who I would need to be to work with clients like that. Because it all goes back to to our to, to the way that like, I I do things day to day, the way how I react to situations, the way how I face challenges or whenever um, I, I have resistance, how I, I handle it. So that's, that is something that I concentrate on day to day. So while metrics stays and I look at them on a regular basis, what I pay attention to closely day to day is, is my being. Because when I begin um, procrastinating or um, like I see that I'm avoiding something, then like I need to confront that versus just like, pushing through it. Mm. Can you give us an example of maybe thing, concrete things that you've changed to become more of the person you think you need to be to achieve a particular goal? Does that make sense? Yes. Um, so uh, in terms of... Uh, of the revenue, uh, this is something that um, I am <laughs> working on actively right now, and it is uh, being going back to to financial goals. Uh, what I'm I'm realizing is that uh, I'm not as comfortable charging high prices compared to what I used to charge, and. Um, that is also because I used to uh, work primarily with uh, small business owners mm-hmm. um, who were in the beginning uh, of their entrepreneurial journey. So I, I knew that I had to adjust prices for them. And now that I work with the businesses uh, that make three and five hundred one million dollars um, a year, uh, there is still part of me who is trying away from putting a big price tag on my services. So when I prepare for my conversations with with those those prospects, that's what I look at. Like who who I need to be like as an expert, as a person. Like how do I need to present myself on those calls with them uh, so that they 
they would trust me. They would see me as the person who can who can help them. How do I need to lead the conversation? How I um, I should uh, meet their objections? Um, how I should present myself? So it all. To me, it, it comes back to being day to day, so that I could actually break through that. Uh, it's, it's not resistance, but it's um, discomfort uh, to to charge those prices, and that, that's actually that's I I have seen the shift over the past few weeks and it's been so much more comfortable um, just saying the price that I'm. Uh, charging and I, I also feel this internal shift as well because there is so much more confidence because yes I, I've seen the results of my clients and yet before there there were some things where I would still feel that oh I'm not an expert enough I'm like I have not done this this and that to um to, to charge this or or to be able to um work with with a person like that and now things are are shifting and that's because i'm i'm really focused on working on that mm. <laughs> yeah i think that's I, I appreciate the example and and especially the way you framed it up because i think there's a big difference between saying who am i who do i need to be to make a million dollars and who do i need to be to show up in this conversation and ask for the price that this service needs to be delivered at um and i think that you can only get to that point by really working backwards and really thinking critically about not just what kind of person makes a million dollars but or whatever the number might be but instead what are the kinds of behaviors what are the kinds of mindsets that lead up to hitting that kind of a milestone. And I love that way of thinking through how you want to be showing up in your business on a daily basis. Are you thinking through like, are you channeling people? Are you channeling? I like when you, when you think through how, how am I going to show up? How am I going to talk about this? How am I going to leave this conversation? Are you channeling individual people or is this something that you're kind of finding uh, for yourself? Um, I, I can feel people naturally very well, uh, I think. Um, but what I have been paying attention to um, is that whenever I have a conversation, especially with somebody who I have not met before, um, is I try to frame everything that I tell them um, as... So I I tr I try to bring it all back to them, like in the end. So the examples that I give, um, even of the wins of our clients, it's it, it needs to be relevant to them. Um, anything, like the benefits that they will receive, like it it needs to be about them and their business. So um, I I wouldn't say that I am I am channeling those people, but I I try to stay very very attuned to their needs and what what would make difference for them uh, and ultimately it, it helps me as well to understand whether i'm the right person to help them gotcha all right let's talk about one of the other sort of 
mindset hacks, although I hate to call it a hack <laughs> because I know, I know this is much more uh, kind of fundamental than, than anything that could be called a hack. But uh, you mentioned that you have recently gotten into the habit of handwriting daily affirmations. Can you tell me how you discovered this as a, as a <laughs> mindset methodology for yourself? Oh, uh, well, this, this was quite accidental because uh, what I did uh, last year, I took a course where um, it was a copywriting course. Uh, so I wanted to improve my copywriting skills. And uh, one of the core exercises of the course was to handwrite copy uh, of this like, really amazing copywriters. Um, and in the beginning, it was it was a bit strange, but then I noticed that um, as I was as I was handwriting like all these like, different like sales letters and letters and stuff like that, like, I would all, almost get into this like, meditative state, and I would parallel it to what I was writing. Like I was like I was having this like amazing ideas about my business and like this and that, and I'm just like this is like, strange, um, and then I I. At the same time, because I like I would just uh, read affirmations or like go go over my affirmations, like I would notice that like, I completely like sometimes I I finish reading them and like I have like no idea where my my head was, like totally not <laughs> thinking about affirmations. And like when when you read I read affirmations like that, like there is like no point reading them at all. Like you need to connect with like with every affirmation you need to like feel it so if, for it to actually start kind of like, sinking in so i decided to try handwriting my my affirmations as well and that was like it was from the very very first time it it made such a big difference and an impression on me just the process of it because one it's kind of it I, I was able to feel and um, just get connected to, to that statement on a totally different level. And at the same time, a lot of times it would just it become this, this kind of almost like mantra on the back of my head that would just like would, would like whenever I would be in, in a situation where like, I, I needed that, it would just jump out <laughs> uh, uh, at me so back when I was working on uh, being a bit more assertive in, in my conversations and um, straightforward when one talking to people like I I, I remember like, opening an email and it's it, it would it, it said something like I, I don't remember what about it said but as I hit reply and started drafting it I'm just like in my head well what would a more assertive person say? Like, if I were to actually be this communicator that I want to be, how would I answer? And like, I would answer like that. So like, I would catch myself much faster when I was not being who I wanted to be by by doing this. So like, this this has been really really interesting practice for me. Plus, it like, I I'm still. I still get cannot get into like meditating, but this is to me something that comes very very close because it's it's my time and it's something like where I feel that 
I'm doing more with less for sure. <laughs> I love that. When I first saw that this was something that you were doing, first off, I'd never heard of it. Um, and so that was interesting to me. But second of all, I was like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> because I, I think the, for the same reasons that you're talking about, like uh, I've tried meditation, I get it. I could probably get into it, but it's not something like I'm way bigger into a moving meditation, right? Like running for me in the morning is where I get my head clear. It's where yeah. those ideas kind of come. Um, but I also know that I very much learn things by writing them down. If I, I have notebooks full of notes that are, they're simply there for me to process that thing in the mm -hmm. moment. It's not, they're not generally there for me to go back and, and, you know, Re relive or relearn from the notebook itself. Once I write it down, it's in my head. And so this makes tons of sense to me. And I really think I'm going to try it and I'm really excited about it. So I would love to dig just a little bit into your process here because I want to seal it. Um, so one, how much time are you taking to do this? And when are you doing it? Uh, in the morning, in the afternoon, at night? Um, I started with, with 20 minutes. Now I do um, for 40 minutes. I do it in the morning because I'm a morning person and I, I do it first thing. Um, I mean, first thing when I, when I sit down at, at my desk in the morning. So like I have my morning routine in the very early um, morning when, when everybody's is still asleep, then I, uh, then my, my son gets up and um, I need to prepare him for school and take him to school. And then when I'm back and I went, I sit down at my desk and before um, jumping into my work, um, I, I set aside a bit of time to do my affirmations because then it puts me in this like, right frame of uh, mind as well. Like I try doing it first thing in the morning, but then because like I started running around, then it just like all like, disappears. <laughs> so I needed, uh, I, I found that doing it right before I actually um, start working works best for me. Gotcha. So you're not just writing down like pithy, you know, positive affirmation statements. You're like digging into what you're trying to affirm for yourself. Um, yeah. And actually what, what I have, what I've done is um, I actually took time uh, to uh, select my, my affirmations. So like I, I, I type them on, on the computer first okay. and, and simply, uh, and then I, I open that document and I write them in, into a notebook. So oh. I, I, I do not, I do not come up, um, with them on the fly like i i write them like i have like, different variations but like, i i write them down from from a list that that's already there gotcha and would you mind sharing with us some of the things that you are affirming right now well <laughs> one i know of that's the a very personal question <laughs> <laughs> no that that's that that's okay uh, so one of the things is um is being comfortable with with my pricing and uh, like this, this is something like to me is just like stepping into the business owner who who charges premium prices. That that that's for me something that I'm I'm still working on. And partially, like one one is one reason. Like I I figure that it's because I've I've changed like, business models and types of clients that I'm working with, and I'm I'm still kind of just. Uh, getting comfortable with the types of people I work with because I've had them on the pedestal for such a long time. Now I'm just like, now I'm working with you. Um, but another reason is that what, what we do is 
so much fun. And I, like, part of me is kind of just like, can I actually charge money for just having fun? And I know uh, there are different definitions of fun. So <laughs> Rosa, for example, will be having fun this, uh, this Saturday organizing Jenny's inbox. Um, I'm having fun organizing data and entering data and making sure that uh, or uh, all, all I's are, are dotted and T's are crossed. Like that's my definition of fun. But I mean, like I know, I know that it's uh, this is something that a lot of business owners will will pay huge money for. And at the same time, part of me is just like, can I do that? So this, this is a big one on my list. Uh, plus the types of clients that I work with. Um, again, it's it's not just the, the size of clients, but actually um, the kind of relationship that I want to have with them, how I want them to 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 treat us, how I want the experience for them to be. So to me, that's 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 a huge in what we do. Mm, I love that as as a way to start your day, as a way to affirm, like, duh, affirm <laughs> what, <laughs> what you're going to be doing and how you're going to be showing up every day. I'm so stealing this and I'm re- really looking forward to it. Um, all right. Well, I'm looking at the time and I think it's, it's probably about time to wrap up, but I know that, you know, Systems Rock has gone through a big transformation over the last year, 18 months, two years. Um, so I'm curious what's next for you. Is there, are you going to be rolling out something new? Are you doing more of what's already working? What do you have on the horizon? Um, well, for the next uh, few months, few months, at least three to four months, uh, we will be concentrating solely on uh, fine-tuning the capacity lifeguard um, offering, um, just to make sure that one there is solid system for like uh, uh, getting uh, clients uh, like into it, um, but also the way we we deliver it so that it's it's a bit. Um, more structured so that at some point I um, I could uh, bring somebody else on board um, in addition to, to Rosie to help me with uh, with all these amazing clients. Um, what I am hoping that will come out um, out of this three, four months um, intensive work on this one single offering um, is... Um, some kind of um, maybe group offering or, or something that will um, allow us to work with business owners who um, are okay with doing the kind of work that we're doing for them now in-house by themselves, mm. their team, um, using their team. Uh, so that that's very possible as well. So I'm very big on um, teaching the framework and um, approach something uh and then i believe that anybody who who wants to do it and has the the right set of skills is able to do it so i'm like i'll i'll be more than happy to package what we develop later on into something that is more accessible um but for now it will be very very high touch one-on-one service and um a lot of it will be just making sure that systems talk to each other and uh, we set up automations where uh, where we can because I find that the, there is so much 
inefficiencies in, in businesses. And this is something that, that doesn't happen because the business owner doesn't do it very well. It's just the nature of uh, uh, growing a business just because we create a system there and we create a system there and then we have a tool for, for doing this or, or something for doing that. And after a while, we realize that all these different systems don't talk to each other and there is way too much entering information and like there are like so many places where information is stored and we're not able to make decisions even though there is data everywhere so to me that is something that i'm so passionate about helping business owners to like, find a solution for because like, there are ways to do it and um like if if we can help more business owners to to create a bit more order in their business why not amen to that sister <laughs> <laughs> Well, Natasha, this has been a fascinating conversation as always. I really appreciate you sharing more about how your mindset has evolved in addition to how your business has evolved um, and the, the the process of that and the, some of the, the little nitty gritty things that have helped along the way. So again, thank you very much. Well, thank you very much, Tara. And luckily it's an audio so that you don't see me blushing. <laughs> Find out more about Natasha Varumpiova and Systems Rock at systemsrock.com. What Works is brought to you by CoCommercial. Every question you have about your business is a lesson someone else had to learn the hard way. From the isolation of your home office, it could take hours of research, loads of mental bandwidth, and a massive emotional strain to tackle the question or goal you have today. And then there's always the challenge you'll face tomorrow. You're more than capable of figuring things out on your own, but why continue to spend time and energy reinventing the wheel when solutions already exist? What if you could turn other small business owners' hard-won lessons into your custom solution? What if, instead of putting yourself through the process of experimenting with solutions, making mistakes, and losing time and money on the path to your goal, you took what others have learned and applied it to your business in a way only you know how? Co-Commercial helps small business owners work together to turn yesterday's hard-won lessons into today's creative ideas, solutions, and inspiration. When small business owners put their heads together, they act faster, stay more focused, and reclaim their emotional well-being. Our virtual co-working space, peer support network, and collaborative learning experiences help you do just that. The ultimate result? Sweet, sweet relief. Wondering what Co-Commercial is all about? Here's a skinny. Co-Commercial is a virtual co-working space. It's a chance to work out loud, to ask questions, meet new friends, and find new collaborators. Sure, we could call it a forum, but it's so much more than that. It's also a global network of small business owners. It's not just the platform that's important, it's the people. We work hard to build a culture and community where the smartest, savviest, and most connected small business owners want to hang out. Finally, Co-Commercial is collaborative learning experiences. You can pop into roundtable discussions, attend a virtual conference, join an expert Q&A, or attend a working session on a hot new piece of tech. We create programming not just for you, but with you and encourage you to become part of the conversation. To find out more about Co-Commercial and apply for membership, go to cocommercial.co. That's cocommercial.co. That's it for this week's episode of What Works. If you love getting a behind-the-scenes look at how real small business owners are making it work, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy listening. We also appreciate you leaving a review and sharing the podcast with your friends or colleagues. 
What Works is produced by Rosie Medias and edited by Marty Seafell. Kristen Runvik prepares our show notes. Our opening music is by The Shrugs, and our ad music is by Marley Carroll. Tune in next week for another look at how small businesses actually work.